And hello and welcome to Agile World. How are you doing, Carl? I'm great, thanks. I, I, I seem to be lost in the words there. It's, it's an interesting top. What, is there a particular place we're meant to start reading it? Hey, well, I thought cause, because you always <laughs> wear your Wednesday black shirt, is that? Or is that your Thursday or your Friday black shirt? I, I, get, I keep the, forgetting. I, I got a job lot from Ninjas R Us. Just, you know, accept it as it is. <laughs> I, I, need to, I need to speak to your wife because I reckon you've got the days on the back of each black t-shirt that says monday tuesday wednesday i've got the tracking chip that she holds the tracker for on the back of this <laughs> if you Sunday, do you maybe go blue or, or green or if you can see green do you, do you kind of change that a little bit or i can't see green cheese no <laughs> well we've got a wonderful guest with us today we've got a good friend of ours um from agile 20 reflect we've got jetan how are you hey Hello. i'm good how are you doing hey carl hey sabrina we meet oh, again, eh? Yeah, it's lovely to see you again. Obviously, we've both worked together before uh, through the Agile yeah. 20 Reflect, so it's nice to actually finally get you on the show. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. So the first question that we ask everybody is to mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about yourself and also tell us about your Agile journey. So Absolutely. So let me say a little bit about myself before I start with my Agile journey. Uh, so uh, my name is Jatin, and I am I'm in Canada, Toronto, to be precise. And I was, or I'm still is, sorry, I'm still is the uh, Canadian ambassador for the Agile 21, uh, 20 Reflect. And I have been into IT since more than like 20, 25 plus years. I don't want to put more numbers, otherwise you'll start, you know, gauging me my age. So I want to avoid that. <laughs> Uh, and at the same time, um, I've been across and worked across different, different business domains, uh, whether you call it telecom or, or retail, banking, financials, uh, data analytics, big data kind of thing. So uh, being on the business side as well as on the technology front. And that's where in the year 2002, if I, if I remember pretty well, um, I started working with XP. So I was working on a project which was onset offshore model. And within uh, the team on the on-site was purely working on XP. So that is where, you know, of course, I did not know it was called as Agile that time. It was just called Extreme Programming. And uh, coming from an, a bit of a technical background, it's like, okay, let's try it and see how it works. And with the client, it went on for more than a year. So it's like I got used to it. And luckily that time, we had a rational software so can, uh, can I ask you a quick question about extreme programming? Um, yeah. I've seen people do really well at it, and I've seen other people end up in fights. Mm -hmm. how, how did you manage to avoid getting into a fight over who was right uh, about the programming? <laughs> so what? Uh, that's a nice question as well. Uh, <laughs> um, I've just been lucky. I would say that we, the team never fought over the onset offshore. Both the teams, I would say. Uh, one thing was very sure that okay, whenever at the end of the day, whatever we would have completed, we would pass it off to the offshore team, right? And the offshore team, whenever they would get completed, they would pass it on to us. Second thing was what we came up with during that time was continuous integration and continuous deployment. Okay, right now it's called as CICD, but then we had Maven as one of the tools wherein it will tell us like, you know, the traffic lights would be there in terms of, okay, if anybody breaks the code, anything is broken okay that guy has to pay a dollar for for breaking <laughs> the code right so and you think that time a dollar was very expensive right so people were very careful before you know deploying it into the product into the 
uh, sit environment or the UAT environment. So before doing that, okay, before pressing the button, be sure otherwise you are going to lose a dollar. And you know, every time you do it, it's going to be losing more dollars. So what, what happens to all the money? Christ- <laughs> I was going to say, would that go towards your Christmas party? And do you know what? I might Absolutely. try Absolutely. So what we, of course, uh, because uh, I used to travel between India and the US, so it was depending where I am. So if I was in the US, then it would be for Christmas. If I was in India, then it would be for the Diwali festival, what we have. So again, it depends. So of course, uh, luckily we couldn't celebrate using that uh, budget because it never grew. But then of course, it, something was there. That's that good. So, it's, so after, after what, what did you do after XP and, and how so did you after, move on? Yeah, so during XP, while I was with, uh, when I came to, like I, I was traveling with, as I mentioned, between uh, India and the US. Uh, I came across Rational Software because we were using that time for modeling. I was using UML. So unified modeling, uh, uh, UML along with a tool called Rational Roads, wherein I could design software application development. And that's the time when I hit upon RUP, Rational Unified Process, uh, which is now we call it as iterative also. But again, it did not have an umbrella where I would tell it that, okay, it falls under an agile umbrella or anything like that. Uh, people call it as UML, somebody call it as uh, RUP or Rational Unified Process or RUP. And that's how I took it forward. But the best thing what I enjoyed during that time was, uh, it was in short known as the uh, shorter version of the waterfall, what we used to do, right? Oh, this is a waterfall methodology iterative, but then, okay, take it as a small waterfall wherein you're doing some bits and pieces in, you know, and and, uh, not in sprints. That time there was nothing called a sprint, but then, okay, you're doing bits and pieces. You are delivering some features here and there. And, you know, plus there was continuous integration and deployment happening. So uh, that made some sense to me. And as soon as I jumped into it, I went through my, through rational software for my training as well. And that's where things started happening. Oh, this can work now. Like this makes a lot of sense. I don't have to wait till the UAT happens and the customer comes and hits me on. You did this wrong and, you know, this error is coming and everything, right? So that definitely helped in changing the game in the way I wanted to, you know, take care of my customers' requirement, go forward with them. At the same time, this gave an edge to the customers saying that, okay, if I could see something beforehand compared to what's happening at the end of the day or at the end of the contract, it's like it gives me more heads up. up. Plus, the level of involvement increases from what we were doing before. Like even during that time when, uh, when we were doing on-site offshore model, whether it was with UK or whether it was with US, the same thing would happen. Like at the UAT state, the client would come back and say, something has gone wrong. These are the errors, or you did not understood the requirement well, and you are giving me at the end of the day, right? So that's where the pain points were. And hopefully uh, RUP or RUP helped me out over there. And that's the time when I started uh, running some of the projects and uh, they were successful. Knock on the wood for that, uh, <laughs> because I don't jinx it. It's, it's been, I know it's been, it's been years, but then still, you know. Uh, so, and since then, it's like I got hooked onto it. I tried seeing if I could do like Spiral was one of the model as well that time. But then the success rate, what I got with uh, REP or RUP, uh, that was phenomenal compared to anything else. 
I like the way you describe it as lots of mini waterfalls because yeah. uh, even now there's companies who say they do agile, but actually they're doing waterfalls. Oh, the, <laughs> they're, the, doing, the, they're doing two weekly waterfalls. Oh, there's a terminology <laughs> that's going around at the moment, which I despise. And there's, there's now, it used to be just, one word that used to frustrate me and anger me, which was fragile. Now guilty, guilty words. as charged. Yeah, I can't stand that word <laughs> fragile. I used to get execs come up to me going, "Yeah, do you know what? I don't want to do agile because it's fragile." I used to irate me. Only when now, they do it. <laughs> oh, now the new word is wagile, which is basically we're waterfall but doing agile, but you're not. You're waterfall yeah. but splitting your your Gantt chart in two week increments. And why is it always two weeks? So I now have now 2021 is a year that now there's two words that really frustrate me <laughs> <laughs> no for in, in that case uh, when uh, like while working with uh, cgi in 2008 uh, where i was uh, part of the core team core pmo uh, we came out with something called as hybrid model because you know people were still using uh, waterfall and like i was the agile guy of course now i know it's an it's it's called agile but uh, but then during 2008, Canada was not ready for moving towards it. It was something new, right? But then, okay, what is the best way for me to start, you know, implementing it? And the best thing was that I was part of a PMO group. I was the guy who was launching project management as a service at CGI along with my VP, right? So this was uh, like, this would be like, okay, I have to put in, you know, I have to put my... Uh, talent and my skills to the top gear, right? So that I could show cases out that, okay, this is what is going to come in, in future. And this is what is happening. This is where things are moving. So I said, you know what, we'll go as a hybrid model, wherein, okay, you're using some part of waterfalls, which is there, and you're using some part of uh, Scrum uh, to be so that you can call it as a hybrid and then, you know, take things forward. So initially we did not have, we, we used to call it as daily hurdles. Instead of mm -hmm. calling it daily scrum, right? Oh, scrum. Oh, we are not doing scrum. Okay, scrum is agile. Okay, we don't want to go there, you know? <laughs> so, oh, no, no, we are not doing scrum. We are doing daily huddle. So, right? so huddle, I think, is Six Sigma? Uh, uh, kind of, kind of. Yeah, oh, that's where I, I hear it most. Because it's quite yeah. smart. Because we have to, as agile coaches, some sometimes. Because I'm glad you've kind of mentioned the fact that, you know, in the world that we live in, there's still very rarely purest, purest agile companies. There's still always that waterfall mm. element and you can actually mix yeah. the two frameworks together yeah. when required. You can't just completely rip out the waterfall element, especially in big corporations. But I also love what you did there where you called them huddles um, because sometimes you've got to change the terminology yeah. because it will freak people out if they're, if they're not too oh, sure true. about this new way of working. And it's a smart yeah. thing we have to do as coaches. We're not manipulating people. We're still mm. you know, doing the same thing, but we're kind of tweaking it to make people okay. feel a more True. comfortable. Absolutely. The second thing also I did, instead of going for a retrospective, because we didn't go with a sprint cycle, but then after every month I would say, okay, let's do a lesson learned in something retrospective, right? So people say, oh, lesson learned is okay. What we have learned in one month, we will connect and, you know, but if I would say, oh, let's do retrospective, people would say, oh, we are not agile yet. So why are you taking me there? Right. So, okay, let's do lesson learn. I think so. We want to improvise ourselves, you know, continuous learning. And that was happening that time. And improvement, continuous improvement as well. So, okay, let's go in with lesson learned. So after every month, uh, we, I would sit with my team, 
with the senior folks and you know say okay what did we learn in this month and now how do we want to improvise so that is what indirectly i was trying to help them move towards a retrospective and then finally going to website but in 2000 and i don't remember the exactly year but uh, there was one client called rogers rogers is a telecom company something similar to how we have t mobile in uk because uh, i was in uk so i could and i was your t mobile subscriber at that time so i could connect with them so uh, similarly we have rogers over here and rogers telecom uh, or communication what we call it as uh, they are heavily into not only telecom but uh, they are into home internet home tv you know cable tv as well home security and we were the first team to go pure agile and now when i say pure agile that means everything is agile that means we are using jira or rally i think so rally was if i remember that way rally was a tool which was used at time uh, we had teams sitting in the same room so five rooms were there because there were five teams we would have a scrum happening we would have a scrum of scrum happening as well right so it was already scaled that time even uh, i'm talking in the year 2010 or something if i remember so we were already running uh, scrum of scrum that time plus at the same time okay some level of uh, because there were external vendors working so they would not come in as saying that okay uh, we would be part of your agile or your scrum teams or anything so you run your five teams in scrum mode uh, we guys are going to run it in a different mode we will run the way we have but then we will get we will see that we are aligned to your plan plans the way you want to you know you want to ship it out and we will see our deliverables are matching yours so okay fine that works out beautifully absolutely and believe me this was a one year one year project 30 million dollars my run rate per month i was spending 2 and 1/2 million dollars right so it was like a and again time bound for one year so that means if i couldn't even move by one sprint cycle that time so it's like at the end of one year that's it team is done it has to be deployed it has to be done and touch wood again uh, we were able to develop we were able to deliver it with so many people coming in five teams plus external parties which were there like kpmg who were auditing us because 30 million dollars they want they should be were you know beyond the budget what some of the companies might have for a year or maybe multiple years so we were getting audited on that we had ibm as our infrastructure partners we had a tcs or cognizant as a qa partner we had computer associates as on the cybersecurity front so there were a lot of multiple vendors working plus different different teams were there so it it was an awesome experience like i showcased this as one of my best projects purely in telecom uh just because of the sheer size of the number of people involved more than 120 to 200 people plus the size in terms of the budget also i'd like the to best thing slightly yeah. the previous sure. company i've got one question hmm. at the end just before you ended that role how did they react when they found out they were actually working in agile even though that you were using the terminology the waterfall terminology when they actually or did they realize you know was there a point they realized hang on a minute we have actually been working agile all this time did they actually and how did they react no, unfortunately they did not yeah we didn't reach that stage you know before that i had to move on to the next one so they never realized that this is what 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 was happening or this is how jatin was driving us through but uh, maybe after like i must have left and the buzzword started coming out they might have realized oh we were all be doing that as is said you know yeah 
would love to go back and just say, yeah. like, did yeah. you know you were actually doing this? <laughs> Sorry, I wanted to ask you that question because that would have been amazing. So the, 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 first, the first Agile project I did, I did using a Kanban board and didn't tell them it was a Kanban board. Hmm. Um, uh, I had tokens that were funny. So, uh, you know, instead of blockers, we had a, a picture of a computer on fire. Um, and it's that, that kind of thing is, is if, if you can think, you know, like our requirements were lists of things that were in prison um, mm -hmm. that need to just be released into, into the wild to, to be worked on. And I think, you know, it's in the early days of Agile, you were allowed to do anything you wanted to get the job done. Uh, whereas mm. now people think that there is a there are a very narrow set of ways to do it. It's like talking to Chris Stone um, mm -hmm. in, when we talked to him in series two and his, his his notions on retrospectives. They're fun. They're interesting. They're fun. And I think, you know, we, we kind of lost some of that these days. Mm -hmm. No, I absolutely, think it's to the coach yeah. or the scrum masters because I know I try and bring in a little bit of fun. Obviously, what we do for a living we're trained to flex things when it needs to be flexed but we're also trained to be fun people and you'll find most agile coaches are either dyslexic that's one thing we've noticed recently both me and carla dyslexic we did a talk on dyslexic scott that you'll know what a chief pirate in agile time but dyslexic. so one thing we know is agile coaches are dyslexic and the secondly they are fun people we are fun people we bring games into light and we do fun things sure. But yeah, I would love with all the tools that we use now, Jira, if you're Atlassian, if you're listening to us, bring animations into your boards. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's too locked down. I, as yeah. someone said to me recently, yeah, we use Jira. That, uh, that's an agile tool. And I said, no, it isn't. Uh, uh, Atlassian adapted it uh, because they're about to lose huge amounts of markets. But I used it yeah. before yeah. it had uh, the features that people now associate with agile. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's. Yeah. Cool. I'm actually going to tag we, we, we in using... this video. Yeah. I'm going to tag them we... and go, Lassie, and listen to us. We need some graphics. We need some more fun stuff in your actual. Please yeah. make the change. Make the blocked column turn into fire or something. <laughs> <laughs> we were you, I remember. Yeah, like I was working with one of the maintenance applications uh, with some insurance companies while working with CGI, and you were just using Jira just as a ticketing yeah. software. That's yeah. it. Nothing else, nothing beyond that. But then it's good that they caught into the agile world, right? Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, see, your cap talks about it as well, right? The agile part of the world, and then that's how they transform themselves. But I definitely agree. Give me some graphics, give me some, oh, you know, yeah. some. Make I mean, de developers, UI, developers, UX, uh, developers who work through this minimal information experience—you know, even with user stories—most developers look at them and go, "What is this garbage?" Because it doesn't—it doesn't really tell. You know, a user story um, doesn't indicate the infrastructure they're accessing. It doesn't talk about. It's not. It's not really a full story. It's. It's. It's a presentation layer story. Well, actually, mm. you know, developers have to call uh, data systems. They have to call libraries. They have to call. Uh, they have to input data. They have to do the whole ETL thing. None of that's really in the user stories. <laughs> and uh, if if that, I would say, Carl, if they have to go at that level, that would become like I would call it as more as a detailed user story because you know you're talking of the environment, you're talking of the libraries that these technical, of course, I come from a technical background, so I'm not <laughs> saying these, but 
I would have to include all of those things, right? But on top of that, I definitely agree that uh, that's much required. You know, so tomorrow if somebody else comes in, he can just look at the user stories with all those details and he can start working on it. I, I definitely agree with you. Yeah, right. That's the beauty of because if you're, it, it, yeah, if you're capturing, sure, well, it's capturing the information, but making sure we're not telling them how to do their job. And I think that's one of the hardest things when people are, are reverting yeah. from waterfall to agile, they struggle with not telling mm. them what to do instead of telling them what they want, which is actually in human nature, a natural thing. We do it naturally by telling people what we want all the time. But when it comes to building something in IT, we do it, Carl, when it comes to building something I'm trying, in I'm IT. I'm trying to get you to... to... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's just Jason, Jason was going to say something. So. No, 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 no. No, absolutely. No, no worries. <laughs> Come on, we we know each other pretty well. So, like, I've just been mean to Sabrina. It's the passion that we all come together, right? That's the passion what you know helps us to you know connect with each other. Like what Sabrina was saying, that's the passion was coming on, and I was like looking at her. Wow, okay, she has that passion, and you know. But I definitely agree with her as well. See, when we as an agile coaches go out, people think first of all that okay, all of us are carrying our Harry Potter magic wand, right? So that means uh, once we step into with the team in sprint one, everybody is going to be agile, right? Like I can, I don't want to name a client, but then I went in there for my transformation and the guys, I asked them, so what are you guys doing? Oh, we are using Jira very well. And we have a, and we are all, we are all agile because of that. And I said, wow, okay, you guys are really like, you're not doing agile that means just using my tool, like no, are you running any ceremonies? Uh, what ceremonies? I don't understand what, what are ceremonies. People think that, okay, once you go in after the first sprint, the whole team is going to be a child and that transformation is going to happen. But then they forget that, okay, to get the team to that self-organizing or we call it as the maturity level of a child, uh, it takes time and it takes patience as well as you need an agile coach. It's not that, okay, somebody goes, gets himself trained as a scrum master, he will come in and you know help you out and you know get you there. I'm I'm so sorry for people who are thinking that way, but then uh, you need people who have experience first of all. Right? Second is okay, you can gain experience by of course not only just attending training, but then practicing is what is makes you perfect. Right? I might what go and attend. What what's the I'm most sorry? sorry. I'm doing the uh, yeah, my bad. <laughs> I might go and attend ten different trainings, but then that doesn't make me an expert. Right. So, so what, what's the most sprint zeros you've done? I, all places I have to start with sprint zeros where, you know, we, I run through my trainings and that's where during the training when, as, as Sabina also mentioned, you know, we play agile games, right? And that's when it hit up, hits upon them saying that, oh, you know, so I have a game where, of course, I innovated myself uh, on that. It's a coin game what we all play, if you, if you remember. But I innovated a slightly different way so that you know I could capture the timings, I could capture how the team is doing, how fast they can you know see the difference. And when they do the comparison between the way they were doing projects and where the agile way of doing projects, they are zapped and they are like, oh, this is the way I want to do my projects. Mm -hmm. So I want to go the agile way. I don't want to look at what was happening before. But that means earlier people would think that, oh, if I'm doing waterfall, that means my quality control will be at the topmost, right? Oh, because quality is getting a lot of, lot of time. They are doing everything, you know, from till the T, and it should be great. 
But then when we are running these stories and when we are running these games, that's when they realize that, okay, Agile can you know, help me out and can be beneficial. Are and that's find- the first step which I do. Yeah. Are you finding now, obviously over, I've noticed one thing I've noticed on the market is the requirement for an Agile coach is, and, and the understanding of what an actual Agile coach does. I think there's still some gray lines some people don't understand. Are you finding on the market that that companies are now realizing the importance and the worth of actually implementing an agile coach? Because I think back a few years ago, and it was still very much a, "Mm, we don't think we need them, we're just going to get our scrum masters to do it. That's the one thing I noticed. Have you found you noticed the same thing? Uh, So just to add a little bit on that, and I'll I'll, I'll, I'll reply to your question. So first of all, like uh, I am an IC Agile accredited instructor. So I do trainings on the Agile coaching track. So I have students or people, participants who come in for not only for the Agile team facilitation, but they come for the Agile coaching certification as well. And I agree with you, Sabrina, that people have started noticing, at least in Canada also, I would say. US, I can't talk about US market, but in Canada, especially in Toronto, which is the financial hub of Canada, people have started moving people from uh, waterfall to agile. People who are already on the agile side as scrum masters, they have started moving to become more as an agile coaches as well. And from an industry point of view, they want people who have some experience, three to five years of experience as an agile coach to help them during their transformations. Yes. Uh, I know just before we started this uh, conversation, you got a call from one of the recruiters. Similarly, I did also you know, get a couple of calls in the morning saying that, okay, people are looking for agile coaches and they want people who have experience in doing those transformation and helping people change their mindset, especially on the leadership level. That's what I'm getting nowadays. Yeah. Do, do you think that's actually possible? I mean, it's 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 a bit of a concern that, you know, uh, was it 60 years ago they banned uh, subliminal advertising on the basis it was about mind control, and now we're telling people we can go out and change their mindsets. I mean, you know, what's your feeling about mindset training? Because, you know, you can't an actual mindset is something that's adopted by some someone. You can't learn it; you have to absorb it. Absolutely, I agree with you on that. But also at the same time, I want to add: you need to like absorb and adopt to it. Okay, I can give you a quick example is, let's say before even COVID hit us, how were we, right? right? We were carefully not running around things, you know, getting things done the way things were happening. But once COVID hit initially, okay, people thought that, oh, it's just a three months thing, right? Okay, maybe it's like working from home, good vacation time, time with the family, blah, blah, blah. But then when it got extended, it's like, okay, now I have to adopt to it. I don't have options, right? When you don't have options, you will start adopting and you will feel after a couple of months, you'll feel comfortable with it. And now if tomorrow things become better, of course, you want to go out. But then at times you would say, can I work from home? Mm-hmm. You know, I am more comfortable working from home. I have more flexibility. I get more time. I'm shortening my travel time. Right. Again, depends on how much time you are traveling and where you are traveling. Right. And of course, the traffic and the populations and the pollution and whatever. You are doing good to, for the environment. But on the other side, if you take it, I 100% agree that is the biggest challenge, changing people's mind. And that is the biggest challenge. And that's where uh, people like you, me, we as Agile coaches come in. Because first of all, we have already trained our mind to that. 
second thing is uh, as an agile coach i emphasize more on emotional intelligence also like i do those kind of uh, training as well where leadership come in to understand okay why we want to go towards uh, agile you know how it's going to help me out what are the benefits and plus i have to help them change what the way they are thinking of right uh if i do transformation or as call you might have done transformation if you do just bottom up it's going to fail because the teams below are going to be agile but uh, leadership will not see that they will say you know chatan give me that status report every week i want that status report to be seen i'm not going to walk around the office to see your wall what's happening or open jira but i want to give me give me the status report what is the budget happening which resources are working where so all kind of matrices they are going to ask me but then if i help them change that look of saying that okay why don't you log into jira you could get everything plus more than what is happening oh okay this is when what is getting delivered when of course if you want the budget and uh, status on that that is fine that could be external but i can still build it on but in terms of resources who which resources is working what what is my resource utilization okay give me that i have it's all there like but then you know you need to change the way you are doing business before and the best example which we all use i know you must have used it also would be blockbuster with netflix which was in north america right and i in, in all my training i have tell me one store in the us because i have people who attend from us and canada i tell i ask them give me one store which is still available or open as a blockbuster in the us because that's where it started up and now based on netflix coming in there are so many other providers who are there as well like disney has jumped into it anybody who is having uh, that kind of a business they have all jumped into online entertainment right so you have to go with the times so like if you don't change your mind you're going to be left out like when we started with scam we never knew that kanban was going to come right yeah. but kanban came in and everybody adop- started adopting to it and, so and it was like Kanban's been around since 1945. But like it, I I, I would <laughs> agree with you on that. But I wasn't but there then, just saying it yeah. now. <laughs> no, but it's like before even scrum was actually like scrum got adopted like not adopted we all embraced scrum we all embraced agile that's when people started looking on the kanban side as well. But but, right. but Kanban was used by the military and for logistics. It Absolutely. wasn't it wasn't used for anything to do with software. So I True. I came across it through logistics, um, and True. I think True. this is the you know we need to be open to cross pollinization because mm. otherwise we come we we stop we stop learning we stop listening we stop doing anything new and then uh, we end up like blockbusters or Kodak. <laughs> Absolutely. We need Absolutely. to take a moment here because blockbusters was a big part in our life rest in peace <laughs> we miss you yeah. but we love netflix we always i was thinking the blog post i was just thinking my childhood there of actually going to get videos we miss you but we love netflix sorry i needed that moment yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you if you see called in that way most of like at least i can talk from the north american side is uh, most of the things which were used in the military has come out to the common people in the world yeah, right and yeah. in the industry right like uh, internet itself was used in the military in the us well, before it came net. out anyway right yeah it was right, it was so. for it was the command and control for the nuclear missiles so and it was never meant to be a, a shared network which is why it's not secure yeah uh, absolutely so. absolutely and just to add on to what i was saying like if you remember like during the pmi stages right pmi project management institute 
when uh, they came out with earlier they were only catering to people on the construction side mm-hmm. right it was purely based on construction industry so they had a there is a still a tool called primavera which is still out there which is heavily used by construction people right yeah. but then it's like once it again it's people started picking it up especially on the it side it's like okay microsoft came out with an ms project and then there were different different tools which came out and then it's like if anybody says about project management institute people say oh you are from it you are not from construction <laughs> that's how it points out so again i think so it industry has evolved itself over the years they have adopted to all the changes right and i am i'm so happy that i'm part of it like i've grown i have you know born and grown in it i would say and uh, plus uh, with the new evolvement which was happening and uh, but before i i say anything else uh, i want to thank you all guys first of all on the agile 21 agile 20 reflect like i'm being the canadian ambassador i enjoyed it a lot and i don't want to miss out this opportunity because if you ask me other questions i will this might go off so i don't want to you know miss out on this thing but it was great collaborating with sabrina and with yuka and believe me like uh, the that one month uh, where uh, we went through i had not known so many people no people knew about me right but then i presented at lot of other places like i did my six to six to seven presentations and of course me and sabrina we connected at couple of places as well it's like people are there to know more about agile and you yeah. guys came up with a great platform like not only like of course it was all free which is great i would say thanks to but it was people wanted to share their knowledge like people like me people like you like sabrina every we yes. want to share our knowledge right so the the whole purpose was to facilitate which kind of sounds quite familiar we we facilitated um a a relook at why we're doing this and um i really liked the fact that uh, there were so many people from so many different types of agile and we didn't talk about types of agile we just talked about experience and i really liked that and uh, we got past the wars the agile wars and got into what's the agile values and and how did we help our clients and what did they do with it how did they evolve so very exciting we got new call got to meet each other i mean we've never <laughs> physically met each other and we're two personalities that people still to this day can't believe we I, get I'm a lot taller time. in real life well, well we haven't proved it yet <laughs> we're hoping to meet soon we're hoping to meet soon yeah. but yeah we got to meet each other we we set up a little business together agile worlds come out of it it's been absolutely amazing but you're right i would never have had an opportunity to do some work with you and meet you if we mm. hadn't connected through agile 20 reflect and created not just Absolutely. a friendship but we've got is so many mutual things that we've both yeah. done in our past and learnings and everything like that and and, and, and don't forget people. don't forget access agile's coming along as well so yes. uh, there's there's Absolutely. a lot of stuff happening with that and we're expecting more festivals um I'm I'm facilitating the innovation uh work stream which is looking at new things to add to agile mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, nice. because because nice. we you know you know it's it, the story's not finished it's an ongoing sure. there are things that so someone's come up with a way to work out an ROI return mm-hmm. on investment for agile which mm-hmm. is really cool um but a bit of a shocker um because it's actually not as difficult as you think <laughs> yeah no, absolutely absolutely <laughs> like on the innovation part i can just add like uh, i i know uh, you might have heard about peter stevens right so yeah. i have like so i did personal agility with them and i am an ambassador with them as well 
And that's where I said that I want to innovate something called as a team agility system. Mm -hmm. So based on his, uh, as, his uh, as a foundation, I want to build something on top of it as a team agility system. And like he said, okay, I'm game for it. So let me know when I can help you out. So hopefully you will get some time and mentor me so that tomorrow you might hear about team agility system. So yeah. you know who we are going to talk that, with. That'd right? be great. And, and, and Peter was the first episode of this series. Well, this has been uh, absolutely amazing. Thank, yeah, thank you yeah. very much for your time. We can't wait to get you back on the show because we always have such fun with you. We absolutely love it. And we've got some panelist talks coming up soon and we'll probably have the perfect panelist talk for you as well. So this won't be the last time we get to see you. But thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us tonight. And thank you very much for your agile journey. Yeah, thank Thanks. you very much. Bye. Thank you for your time, man. It was great collaborating. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.